Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Tim Emoff, who is Vice President of the Telecom Division at Sales Outsource Solutions, a Canadian manufacturer's sales group that's working in coordination with several other partners on a broadband infrastructure project in Canada called Fiber One. Tim and I discuss the details of that partnership and the other companies involved, and how the Fiber One project aims to close the digital divide in rural Canada. Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So to start off, why don't you just tell me a bit about the digital divide in Canada? How much of the country has access? Where are services lacking? And what are some of the primary issues causing the digital divide there? Sure. Well, the government of Canada, the CRTC, is a governing body here in Canada. And 45.5% of Canadians today do not have access to high-speed internet. So the Canadian government defines that as 50 downstream, 10 upstream. So not even that bare minimum do more than half of Canadians in rural Canada have access to high-speed internet. So it's, it's problematic. Um, there's lots of solutions, lots of proposed solutions, but that's kind of the state of the union today. Hmm. And um, you, you mentioned rural Canada. So is it primarily uh, geography that's the issue, cost of deployment um, and, and it, issues it, like that? It's, it's a bit of both. Um, mm -hmm. Primarily, most of Canada's population resides within an hour of the U.S. border. And so it's really... Those communities north of that, which is, it covers a wide geography. Canada is the second largest country in the world. And, and all those communities north of those uh, urban centers, those, those are the ones we're speaking about. Okay, gotcha. So you are specifically involved with a project called Fiber One. So tell yep. me a bit about that, how you're involved, who else you're working with, uh, what, what's this all about? Thank you. So it's always fun to talk about this because I'm, I'm passionate about it. Um, so awesome. the Fiber One, yeah, the Fiber One program really is, um, it's, it's really a consortium. It's really a collective effort by seven organizations, uh, Prismian, Clearfield, Duraline, McLean Networks, Old Castle, Primex, and my organization, Sales Outsource Solutions. And so the spirit of this originally, um, what, what the intent of the program initially was, was bringing kind of all these really uh, great solutions, these leading manufacturers together and, and addressing the needs of rural Canada by, by uh, bringing these solutions to those communities. But uh, this was pre-pandemic and uh, nobody I think had an appreciation for just the sense of urgency that would come with getting uh, high speed to these rural communities. And so, Initially, it was to bring solutions and, and work on some better commercial terms for those communities. But really now, it is a call to action to, to really um, help and expedite uh, the deliverables in terms of high-speed internet to those communities. So, so now we're frantically trying to get product in the hands of um, network builders and contractors in these smaller communities to, to try, uh, with all our efforts, to try to do this as expeditiously as possible. So you're, this is a project that predates the pandemic, you said? 
it does the the uh, the origins the genesis of it really started just pre-pandemic and so yeah it uh it, it the spirit of it certainly the chronology of it uh preceded it but but it, it, it the culmination of it happened right in the December uh, nine months after the pandemic hit, and so we we knew we had to get this thing together, and we knew we had to pull together the collective efforts of of these organizations to do this. It it really it brought forth a sense of urgency to doing so. So tell me a bit more about the types of organizations that are involved and and the roles that they're playing. Terrific. So, so they're all manufacturers of primarily outside plant fiber optic construction materials. So, for instance, Prismian is a global leader in fiber optic cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clearfield is a North American leader in connectivity. Duraline Conduit, McLean in hardware, Old Castle in boxes, and Primex in, is um, residential NIDs, um, boxes that kind of reside outside of your home. So, so it's, it's almost a complete solution that would enable network builders to basically build a fiber broadband network. Wow. And how did this, how did the collaboration uh, come about to begin with? Because it sounds like a unique way to partner up. It is unique. In fact, I think it's the only program of its kind. Um, so uh, the folks at Prismian uh, were really wonderful. We, we had this crazy idea that we could bring all these different manufacturers with all complementary solutions to, to bring these large organizations together, you can imagine, was a little daunting because you think, well, everybody kind of has their own respective agendas and, and, and sales um, objectives. But, yeah. but, but what was really cool was that there was a real um, collective passion to want to work together to provide a kind of a, a comprehensive solution that we could bring to those communities. And so it surprisingly maybe surprisingly um there there really was not a lot of resistance to it not a lot of reticence to kind of uh, collaborate and 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 they've been wonderful they're they're tremendous companies they're like i said they're all leaders they're they're all best in class solutions and so for them to kind of drop the, their guards so to speak um to be able to help us uh help us really develop uh, and bridge that digital divide in Canada was, I think, amazing. And what role is is your company playing in it? Yeah, so thank you for that. So Sales Outsource Solutions, we we are the sales representative for each of these companies. So we are, are in fact, their sales organization here in Canada. And so we work in concert with them, even outside of the Fiber One program, to to really drive demand for those products in Canada. and so we have people across the country in, in, in uh, covering geographically everywhere. And so, so we've been doing this. The company is 23 years old now. And, uh, and so, so we've got these wonderful uh, people that, uh, that have the task of, of bringing these solutions to the Canadian market. Very interesting. So how is this whole Fiber One project being funded um, and what's the timeline on, on getting it accomplished? So thank you, Nicole. That's a really good question because that comes up quite often. Um, who's paying for this and, and, <laughs> and how quickly can you make all of this happen? And so those uh, are always the questions that yeah, <laughs> people want to yeah. know. How quickly, that's right. How quickly Where can is you it? Do this? Where is it? And so, so, so the, 
program is being funded uh, by each and every one of the partners. So it's kind of a joint effort um, from a cost perspective. We're splitting that over the seven organizations. And so things like attendance at uh, shows such as the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, um, uh, broadband conferences and the like, uh, we've been sharing those costs uh, equally among the seven parties. In terms of how quick, you know, that's a loaded question. But what I would say is, surprisingly, and maybe not surprisingly, is that, that we've been able to immediately have an impact on several communities. There's about 40 of them that we are currently engaged with in all kinds of different stages of deployment. So some were helping get engineering support to design the network that they want to put in place. Some have already got that design, but don't have a contractor yet assigned to be able to do the build. Um, some were working with uh, tier two and tier three, and even in some cases, tier one service providers to connect the community with those uh, uh, existing networks. And some, uh, some just need our help in getting products. So this, they're at all stages. Um, but again, we've had over 40 communities in Canada to date uh, that we've been able to facilitate and expedite and, and hurry to, to, to get those communities, uh, quote, uh, lit up. And so by its nature, this thing is an open access network? It is. It is. Okay. It is. Uh, and, and so our belief, and, and really, we feel it's really important to not just quickly get a network, a high-speed internet into those communities, but we really want to design networks that are going to really future-proof um, those, uh, the demands that are coming. 5G in Canada, where unfortunately our deployment has been uh, lagging behind other countries, but, but it's coming nonetheless as it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we have so, our own problems, as you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're right with you. I think North yeah. America, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. We're sharing yeah, the same, yeah. same space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I recently attended a, a Canadian broadband conference um, uh, in Toronto, and, and, and I think the number, we were at 43rd or 44th in, in 5G deployment in the world, which is really unfortunate because in terms of LTE um, and network development, Canada was at the very top of the list. We're at the forefront of getting... LTE across our humongously large uh, geographical uh, footprint that is Canada, but we're lagging. But the point being is that what we want to do is develop networks that are going to enable those communities to be able to to benefit from what's coming down the pike from a 5G perspective. So everything we're doing is fiber backbone. Uh, Everything we're doing is uh, FTTX, fiber to the home, fiber to the farm, fiber to the library. and so, so that's really the plan is to put in not just a network that'll uh, achieve that 50-10, but more importantly, serve the, the needs of the communities a decade from now, two decades from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and sp- speaking of the communities specifically, um, is there anything that you've learned about the impact of the digital divide on the communities you're working with and what their needs are and their specific challenges as you've been embarking on this build that maybe you didn't know before? Wow, you come with some really good questions. Um, so, <laughs> I stay up yeah, all night, you know, think about a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know what, Nicole, sleep is overrated. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is overrated. But uh, no, truth, truth be told, yeah, we've learned a lot. A lo- and and we've, learned, we've learned more than what I think. Going into this, I think what we were initially 
hypothesizing is that we would go to these communities and we would have to do a little introduction in terms of what high-speed internet is and some of the benefits. Those communities are far more informed uh, than, than what we had uh, imagined initially. They know exactly what the needs are of their communities relative to high-speed internet. They know exactly what those benefits are, whether it's uh, healthcare, whether it's education, whether it's farming, uh, advancements in farming. They know what those networks are required to, to do, and they know the benefits of, that are going to be derived in building these networks. That surprised us a little bit. These are not people that are saying, hey, I have no idea what I need. They know mm -hmm. exactly what they need. What they need our help with is connecting them with people that can help expedite getting that high-speed network built in their community. So, hey, help me. I don't have engineering uh, expertise. Help me there. Hey, I don't have a network builder or a contractor or a service provider. Uh, I don't know them um, well enough to be able to do that expeditiously. Or, hey, what kind of product should we be putting into our network that are going to serve us today, tomorrow, and, and what is beyond that? So that, I think, that's been the biggest surprise is that these people know what they want, what they don't, uh, what, where they need our help the most, I suppose, is, is in helping them do that quickly. And, and the intensity at which they are asking for this has also surprised us a little bit. They are desperate for our help. Um, and, and it's, Nicole, it's been so rewarding because as, as we do this, the, the sales outsource solutions team and all of those wonderful manufacturers that we represent, they are genuinely passionate about doing this. And, and as, when we go to bed at night, look, we, we don't solve world peace here at sales outsource solutions, but when, when we put our but when we put our heads on our pillows at night, um, we feel really good that, um, that we're work, we're working towards, bringing life-changing, transformative infrastructure to these communities, for sure. Absolutely. Um, just one final question for you, and then I'll let you get back to solving the digital divide in Canada. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could solve it. I, I mean, I you're, you're a part yeah. of it. You're, you're a part we, we of it, are. so that's a, a nice thing to know. Um, yep. What are some of the challenges you guys are facing with Fiber One, um, yep. the impact of uh, the current supply and labor situation, uh, you know, yeah. the, the higher demand than you expected? What, what are the, the issues you guys have right now? Nicole, you named the primary two. Um, supply chain uh, mm. is supply chain challenges are ubiquitous across every industry, whether it's toys on shelves in Walmart, whether it's groceries, whether it's fiber optic infrastructure. That um, that is a large, large obstacle that we are working diligently to try to overcome. Um, Demand, as the Fiber Broadband Association has referenced, uh, is demand for fiber in the next five years is going to surpass demand for fiber to date. And so you've got this massive global demand and limited supply for these products. And so that has been exacerbated. That has been um, really uh, made even more difficult through these supply chain challenges. So raw materials have been problematic. Issues with transportation has been problematic. 
Um, and so, so yeah, that has, that has really proven to throw a rather significant wrench into our efforts. And then the other one you mentioned is absolutely the case is getting people to be able to do it, not just getting people that are getting through COVID that can build and, and uh, supply those products. They're having their own challenges with the manufacturing uh, in the manufacturing sector, but also getting enough people to uh, work to build these networks. Um, mm -hmm. One of the largest contractors in Canada uh, has 3,000 open uh, requisitions to hire people to build these networks across the country. And, and they're struggling, they're offering signing bonuses, they're paying tremendously uh, competitive wages. And even in spite of that, getting enough people to, to, to join to build these networks is becoming problematic or has been problematic. So, mm -hmm. so those are really the two primary ones. Um, when we went into this, Nicole, we thought, we thought that uh, maybe it would be commercial terms or things like warranties or, or yeah. identifying those communities was going to be the, the, the challenge. But those, those have not. Well, the challenges you're facing are the challenges everyone's facing. So yep. you're not alone. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> but thank you so much, Tim. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and learning about all of this. And I hope you'll, you'll keep us posted on how all of this goes. Nicole, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to talk on behalf of uh, our challenges here in Canada. You're right. We're not alone. This is, uh, this is global in nature. But uh, yeah, thanks for hearing our story. Absolutely. Thank you again, Tim, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.